Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio. That means we depend upon you and your generous gifts and financial contributions in order to continue to bring Fighting for the Faith to you and to the world. If you don't already support us, you can do so by visiting our website, fightingforthefaith.com. When you get there, you can click on one of our two friendly yellow buttons, or you can make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith and then send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And thank you for your support. It's time for another edition of Fighting for the Faith. Thursday, December 3rd, 2015. And yes, we have some new opening music. This was put together by Steve Kozar and the Messed Up Church Band. Let's listen in and enjoy. That's right. All right. Uh, I am back. Uh, my apologies for taking such a long time off. Yeah, this is our first episode of Fighting for the Faith since, well, last Wednesday uh, before the Thanksgiving holiday. And unfortunately, I had some family business that I needed to attend to. It wasn't really an emergency, but uh, there, was, uh, there was basically a bottleneck of activity, if you would. And I had to take a few days off in order to uh, work on some academic papers and then, like I said, take care of some family business. So hopefully, I think we've got all of that behind us. And I hope that I can figure out how to uh, actually remember how to do my program today. So uh, this, is the, uh, ep- this is the program, by the way, that dishes up a daily dose of biblical discernment, the goal of which help you to think biblically, help you to think critically, help you slow down, stop, open up your Bible and compare what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. No shortage of crazy things being said out there. We actually do the unthinkable here. We name names, we play sound bites, you know who they're from, and we, uh, well, compare and contrast, if you would, with the most popular pastors, preachers, teachers, conference speakers, self-proclaimed prophets, prophetesses, and those put forward by the evangelical industrial complexes, those who we need to be listening to, whose books, you know, we need to be buying, and uh, whose uh, materials we need to be studying rather than or instead of the Word of God in our small group Bible studies to see if what they're saying actually squares with what God's Word says or if they're teaching for shameful gain uh, the things they ought not to teach, generally twisting God's Word and making a mess of uh, Christian doctrine and biblical theology as a whole. That's kind of what we do here. Now, uh, since I've been away, you know, I've had to kind of refill the pipeline here and take a look at where we're at. Today's episode of Fighting for the Faith, and by the way, unless I say otherwise, every episode does have a theme, but today's episode does not have a theme. This is kind of like get back at the uh, helm, see if you can still remember how to do a program kind of episode. So we're going to be all over the map today, and uh, I don't even know... (laughs) What it is that, um, what this would fall under. Somebody sent me a link to this um, commercial that we're going to listen to. We're going to start off with a one-minute commercial, and then we'll uh, dive into a Terry Savelle Foy update. Yeah, Uh, so we're going to start off with a commercial. It's all about a God encounter. Did you know that a God encounter is coming to Louisville? 
yeah, I, I'm not sure what that means, but uh, there's a God encounter coming to Louisville, and Chuck Salvo on his YouTube channel has put together a commercial letting everybody know that a God encounter is on its way. So we will play that. So if you're if you're looking for a God encounter, I think the 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 encounter occurs tomorrow. So this is like just in time information that we're providing here at Fighting for the Faith from uh, Chuck Salvo's ministry. So if you've been looking for a God encounter, you need to get to, you know, um, Louisville, Kentucky, like ASAP. You know, a little bit of a drive for me being in North Dakota. But uh, (laughs) so we're going to start off with that. We'll segue into a Terry Savelle Foy update, followed by a Joel Osteen update. And uh, and then what we're going to do, this is going to be interesting is, uh, you know, second half of the first hour, we'll do an extended Stephen Furtick update. And uh, this is in preparation for the upcoming Christmas season. Now, one of the things we say here at Fighting for the Faith is that, um, well, if um, if your pastor uh, fails to actually preach about Christ um, on Christmas or on Easter and instead preaches about himself or preaches about you, and you know, basically, couldn't find the gospel if you gave him a map, a Bible, and a flashlight. Um, yeah, there's two times of the year where this really, really sticks out, and it's the Christmas season. So what we're going to do is we're going to do an extended Stephen Furtick update, and we're going to play a little bit from uh, Stephen Furtick's Christmas <laughs> message from last year. And uh, wow. Yeah, this is the perfect example of what not to do. Of course, uh, Stephen Furtick is the uh, king of the Narsegeets. Now, I don't know if you saw this going around uh, the Internet, but uh, Stephen Furtick, uh, just like uh, two weeks ago, it would be two Sundays ago uh, on this Sunday, was at uh, the Potter's House, uh, T.D. Jakes' empire, if you would. And uh, he put a $35,000 seed offering in the uh, in the in a blue wheelbarrow that uh, they have there at the Potter's house, and I mean Stephen Furtick was just gushing about how amazing Bishop Jakes is and stuff like that. I'm not. I'm probably. Yeah. In fact, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna end up playing any segments like that. But um, yeah, at least covering that audio. I mean, and his message was just deplorable. But it was long. It was drawn out. It was like get to the point. But um, I mean, if you ever had any, you know, doubts about whether or not Stephen Furtick, you know, might actually harbor, you know, some some form of Christian orthodoxy still in his heart, yeah, I I'm pretty sure that, um, you know, his uh, big glowing stamp of approval for uh, T.D. Jakes and preaching at the Potter's house. And by the way, T.D. Jakes does not believe in the uh, uh, the biblical doctrine of the Trinity. Yeah, if you're wondering where does Bishop uh, T.D. Jakes get his bishop title from. He gets it from a oneness Pentecostal group, uh, which means he denies the doctrine of the Trinity, which makes T.D. Jakes, well, a heretic. He's, you know, he doesn't actually, the God he believes in is not the God who actually exists. And uh, of course, Elephant Room 2 tried to uh, whitewash that elephant, and uh, it didn't go over so well. Just didn't, it didn't work out, is a a good way to put it. But uh, Stephen Furtick, you know, he he makes sure to tune in to you know the Potter's house and uh, and get his uh, weekly dose of uh, TD Jakes, which means that you know what Furtick is uh, digesting, if you would, spiritually is it's it's poison, 
and uh, he he's uh, listening to it as if you know he's receiving you know actual <clears throat> doctrine that's biblical and sound that God would want him to believe when in fact it's like nothing close at all. But anyway, so uh, so we'll be listening to a part of Stephen Furtick's last year's Christmas message so that you can know what to listen for. If your pastor does anything similar or remotely close to what Stephen Furtick does, then uh, uh, on you know during this Christmas season. Uh, you know that it's time to start looking for a new church. Yeah, it's it's that imperative. So, and then in hour number two, we're going to uh, be heading back down to Australia and uh, to Glory City Church. Yeah, what a name! And uh, we're going to be listening to our second um, Izzy D. Gersigny. I don't even know if I pronounce this woman's name correctly. Uh, uh, the second sermon that we've ever listened to, the first one was absolutely deplorable and reprehensible. This one builds off of that and just takes it downhill from there. But Izzy D. Gersigny and listen to her sermon entitled The Realm of the Lord's Presence. The, I, yeah, um, it's complete train wreck is the way to put it. So uh, that's what we're going to be doing for today's episode of Fighting for the Faith. Strongly recommend that you make yourself comfortable. And uh, since we're, uh, yeah, I, I don't even know what we're starting off with. I, I don't even have update music for this. We'll start off with a commercial. Are you looking for an, a God encounter? Well, good news is tomorrow, for those of you who are Utes out there in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, uh, Chuck Salvo Ministries, is uh, advertising that they will be having a God encounter tomorrow. Here are the details. Here we go. Calling all who hunger for a God encounter. December 4th at 7 p.m., a youth experience of a lifetime. Encounter God through extreme worship, drama, an in-your-face word, and, of course, the raw presence of God. Encounter God is based on Psalm 102.18, which states, This will be written for the generation to come, that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. This outreach is for the past. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. We... <laughs> Yet to graduate high school, for the worship leader yet to learn an instrument, for the doctor yet to enter college, or possibly even a person who's called by God to a political office. December 4th is the day a miraculous generation will be born. Will be bo- All right, so tomorrow a miraculous generation is going to be born out there in Louisville, Kentucky. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're a musician who doesn't even know how to play an instrument yet, you know, go to the God Encounter thingy and, you know... A day hundreds will experience a God encounter. Isn't it time for a change? A new beginning? Isn't it time for a God encounter? December 4th at 7 p.m. Join hundreds of young people at On Fire Christian Center Louisville. A youth experience of a lifetime. For more information, go to chucksalvo.net or call 502-61. Yeah. So uh, don't you think it's time for a God encounter? Well, you know, I do, you know, and uh, so it's about time that, you know, the... The youths, you know, the, the politicians who are yet to be politicians, the musicians who have yet to actually learn an instrument, you know, <laughs> they they can uh, go and have a God encounter tomorrow thanks to Chuck Salvo Ministries. I mean, what on earth is the church coming to? This is just utter nonsense. Uh, by the way, talking about utter nonsense, once we're, you know, on the topic, moving along. Hiya, Bobby. Hi, Ken. You want to go for a ride? Sure, Ken. Jump in. I'm a Bobby girl in the Bobby world. 
Harry Savelle Foy. And that's right. Uh, so what we're going to be doing now is we're going to be listening to uh, the latest, not the greatest, but the latest from uh, Terry Savelle Foy. And did you know that your dream may be bigger than your environment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I know you you may not have understood this important biblical concept considering the Bible doesn't teach this, but here's uh, Terry Savelle Foy and her ministry YouTube channel uh to uh, help you understand how your dream may in fact be bigger than your environment. Here we go. Hi, I'm Terry Savelle Foy. I'm so glad you're watching today. You know, the dream in your heart may be bigger than the environment you find yourself in. Mm. Hmm. What does that mean exactly? I mean, how big does my environment need to be? Do I need to go and buy a bigger house? Do I need to move my radio studio to, you know, uh, some, you know, a, a bigger building? What 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 do I need to do? I mean, if my if the dream in my heart is bigger than my environment and I don't have the money to upgrade my environment, does that mean that I have to put my big dream on hold? I mean, I'm confused. You know, the more you listen to faith-building messages, the more you watch podcasts, the more you read the Word of God, the dream in your heart gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. So the more I watch your YouTube channel, the, the bigger and bigger and bigger the dream in my heart gets. It says no biblical text anywhere. Okay. All of a sudden, you look around and go, I don't belong here anymore. That's what happens when God begins to birth a dream in your heart and you realize you were made for more, that God... Ha- uh, yeah, so yeah. So if I watch Terry Savelle Foy's YouTube channel, eventually I'll say to those around me and to the house I'm living in, I, I don't belong here anymore. I, you know, it's, it's time, to, time to upgrade, to, you know, because, you know, I, I got I to gotta make bigger space for, you know, my God-given dream thingy, right? more for your life. You know, I was listening to a story about a little frog who was born in the bottom of a well, and he was content to just live in there, splash around. He thought he had it all. Well, one day he looks at the top and he sees some light. So he crawls up to the top. He looks over the ledge of that well, and he saw a pond. So he thought, what in the world? I've never seen so much water. He hops over to the pond. Then all of a sudden he saw a lake. He thought, what? It's thousands and thousands of miles of water. He jumps over to the lake. Then he saw an ocean. Water as far as his eyes could see. Yeah, um, freshwater frogs are not going to do well in salt water. You know, um, that frog may want to, you know, slow his big dream down. You know, that 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 environment is hostile, despite how big it is. Well, suddenly he began to realize that he thought he was content. He thought he had all there was to offer. And he began to realize that that was just a drop in the bucket compared to what God had for him. Now, when I shared that story with my husband, he said, yeah, but once the frog gets to the ocean, it's salt water and it kills him. So he doesn't get to enjoy the vision. Right. Your husband would be correct there. Um, is the story of the frog born in the bottom of the well found in the Bible? Is is this one of the Proverbs, maybe Proverbs 32, 
Proverbs 46, something like that. You know, I'm, I'm not familiar with this story. I said, that has nothing to do with what I'm saying. That's not my point. My point is God has more for your life. You just haven't experienced it. Maybe you haven't exposed yourself to all that God has. Uh So how do you know God has more for my life? I mean, the reality of the situation is I I can get hit by the proverbial bus tomorrow and, you know, and well, that that would be the end of me, at at least in this temporal um, cursed creation. I mean, what are you talking about? Expose yourself to more, you begin to want more, you begin to desire more, and you... Sounds like the sin of coveting to me. ...to believe for more. Well, you know, that's why I'm passionate about teaching people to create a vision board. You know, we created the vision board kit to teach people... You sell a vision board kit. Yeah, right, yeah. How to believe for more, how to get a vision of what God has for your life. So are you believing for more? Hmm, that's weird because I believe in Jesus Christ. And nowhere in Scripture am I told to believe for more. I'm called to believe in Jesus Christ. This is a weird use of faith. One thing to frame your past, and most of us do. Yeah, that's my little girl, Cassidy. We have pictures all over the house of the past, the family vacation, the graduation, the wedding. And that's great. It's good to see where you've been. But I say, don't just frame your past. Let's frame your future. Let's get a vision of where God wants to take you. Mm -hmm. So I need to frame my future by buying your vision board kit. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I was listening to this story about Will Smith. And, you know, he's not just in movies. He actually creates movies. And a guy... Uh, yeah. Um, are you saying Will Smith is uh, my brother in Christ and uh, his successful career is as a result of some biblical principle that I need to learn to apply to my life? Huh. went over to his house, and he said he walked in his house, and he saw this big glass wall. Well, on the wall, there was like 150 little index cards all over the wall. And he said, what is that? He said, I'm working on my next movie. He said, those are all my different scenes. He said, every good movie has tragedy and triumph and conflict and victory, bad characters, good characters. And the guy who was looking at all this, he said, it just looks so confusing. He said, how do you even know where to start? Will Smith said, oh, that's the easy part. He said, you always start with the final scene. He said, you start with how you want it to end, and then you work backwards. Well, do you know that God actually said in his word? Um, God said to start with the end and work backwards. What biblical text will you be twisting for us today, Terry? Declares the end from the beginning. In fact, in Jeremiah, it talks about how God has a good plan for your life to prosper you and not to harm you. She's uh, making reference to Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, which is out of context. Yeah, go read it in context. That's not some universal promise. You know, uh, you know, God knows the end from the beginning of, and He has these great plans for you. Yeah, that's not what Jeremiah twenty nine eleven is talking about. Just put it in context, you'll figure it out. You an expected end. Well, do you know that that's what your vision board is? It's an expected end. You are declaring the end from the beginning whenever you get a vision and you put it on that board. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm declaring the end from the beginning, you know, Isaiah 46.10, you know. So, yeah, Isaiah 46.10 is not about vision boards. 
I want to challenge you, especially this time of year. Can you imagine teaching your kids to have a vision and not only just have a vision, but to write it down? You know, that's a principle from the Word of God in Habakkuk 2.2. It says to write the vision and make it plain. Yeah, no, we're going to actually call a foul on that one. Habakkuk 2.2, yeah, does not teach the, uh, the important task of vision boarding. Um, those who talk this way are totally twisting God's word. Um, here's what it says, Habakkuk 2.1. We'll just apply a little bit of context. I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what, and what I will answer concerning my complaints. So the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so that he may run who reads it for the vision awaits is uh, still for still the vision awaits is appointed time it hastens to its end it will not lie it seems slow wait for it it will surely come behold my soul is puffed up it is not upright within me but the righteous shall live by his faith moreover wine is a traitor but the idea here is is that the vision that god wants habakkuk to write down is a vision concerning um destruction and god's judgment of israel and uh, those who are doing evil so uh, when God instructs the um, you know the prophet Habakkuk to write the vision that he gets, gives him on tablets, it says so that he may run who reads it. In other words, it's to let them know uh, via warning from the prophet. Yeah, Israel's doomed. God's going to judge them, and so if they if they read the uh, the vision, they will get out of town and avoid God's judgment. That's the point. There, it's not teaching us to vision board. Man, that is a mess. Absolute mess. I, I can't believe that somebody could in good conscience, uh, you know, with you know, without basically having major pangs of guilt on their heart every night, you know, twist God's word as badly as Terry Savelle Foy and think that she's offering the body of Christ some kind of ministry when in fact she's not. I mean, she's twisting God's word, she's completely clueless as to what it means, and yet, you know, she's out there making a buck selling vision board kits. Uh, moving along. Yeah, time for a Joel Osteen update. Sing along if you know it. Sad as I can be. All by myself, an uncharted island in an endless sea. What makes me happy? Fills me up with glee. Those bones in my jaw that don't have a flaw, my shining teeth and me. That's right. That's uh, Chip Skylark and Shiny Teeth and Me, and that only means one thing here at Fighting for the Faith. We're going to be hearing from Joel Osteen, and uh, <sighs> yeah, he still hasn't uh, actually figured out how to ha- rightly handle a biblical text. And he's continuing to fill the uh, heads of the uh, and hearts, really, of, of the people there at Lakewood with just all kinds of nonsense. So the message we'll be listening to is entitled "Just Remember." Just remember, right? Yeah. Here's Joel Osteen to explain. Well, God bless you. Always our joy to come into your homes, and if you're ever in our area, please stop by and be a part of one of our services. I promise you, we'll make you feel right at home. Yeah, they'll do that. But thanks so much for tuning in, and thank you again for coming out today. I like to start with something funny, and 
I heard about this lady. She was on an airplane reading her Bible. The man next to her said, you don't believe all that stuff in there, do you? She said, of course I do. It's the Bible. He said, well, what about that guy that got swallowed by the whale? She said, you mean Jonah? Yes, I believe that too. He said, well, how could he possibly live that long inside of a fish? She thought about it a moment, said, I don't know. When I get to heaven, I'll have to ask him. He said sarcastically, what if he's not in heaven? She said, then you'll have to ask him. (laughs) Hold up your Bible. Yeah, I'm thinking that Joel Osteen's like recycling his jokes now. Yeah, I I think I've heard him say that one before. Hmm. Say it like you mean it. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I will be taught the word of God. Yeah, no, that ain't going to happen. That's for sure. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, God bless you. I want to talk to you today about just remember. Mm-hmm. Remember. Yeah, it, it wasn't that the uh, Mufasa told that to, yeah, Lion King. Yeah, right, remember. Yeah, okay. When you look back over your life, some of the things you faced at the time, you didn't think you could make it through. The obstacle was so large. The breakup hurt you so badly. The medical report was so negative. You didn't see a way, but God turned it around. Yeah, here's the thing is, you know, Joel Osteen's ministry, and I'm really using the word ministry in the loosest, most elastic um, definition possible, um, reaches, you know, how many tens, hundreds of millions of people every week? And uh, I'm just going to go with the uh, the law of averages here, you know, that if his, uh, if his television program reaches the average number of, uh, you know, kind of a cross-section of the population in multiple countries then what we should expect is is that at any given moment that just like the general population you know he has a certain percentage of his of the people watching his uh, television programs who have cancer uh, or other terminal illnesses uh, same amount of percentage of people watching him would be people who you know, who have chronic illnesses and things like that and as a result of it, um, you know, the, some of the people that are listening or watching his program who have cancer, um, they're awaiting a doctor's report. And the doctor's report is going to say, get your affairs in order because you've got a very, very short time to live. And so, you know, they're hearing this message and this is not giving them hope. If anything, it might cause them despair and to be angry at God. He gave you strength when you didn't think you could go on. He brought the right person When you thought you'd always be lonely, he promoted you, gave you that good break. Things fell into place. Now you're further along than you ever imagined. Wasn't a lucky break. Wasn't a coincidence. It was the hand of God. Yeah, but what if you're not further along? Should have been stuck, addicted, broke, depressed, lonely, but God made a way when you didn't see a way. Yeah, but what if you you are in a situation that you're not going to find your way out of. You can say like me, I didn't get here by myself. Wasn't just my good luck, my hard work, my talent. It was the favor of God. He made things happen that I could never make happen on my own. But none of us like difficulties. 
If we had a choice, we wouldn't go through them. But those challenges not only prepared you for your future, but now you have a history with God. When you're in a tough time. What? They prepared me for my future and now I have a history with God. What are you talking about? Not everybody has these positive outcomes. You don't see a way out. Instead of being discouraged, negative, you can go back and remember how God turned your health around. Uh-huh. So just remember. So remember that time that God turned your health around. But those of you suffering with chronic illnesses, you know, and, um, you know, nothing has ever turned around. If anything, things have gotten worse. Well, apparently you don't have a history with God. There's nothing for you to remember except for that, you know, nothing has gotten better. Right. Remember how he gave you that baby when the specialist said you couldn't have a child. Remember. And what about the, the, the couples that, um, you know, yeah, they have a baby, but there was something, you know, wrong with the child. Like, like seriously wrong with the child. I mean, you make it sound like, you know, it's, it's all roses and lollipops in people's lives that are listening and watching you, but it's not. Or how he brought you out of that trouble that you got yourself in. When you remember how God has protected you, promoted you, healed you, restored you, faith will rise in your heart. Uh huh. And if God hasn't restored you and, you know, hasn't healed you, and then, you know, when you remember that, what's going to rise in your heart? Doubt? Yeah, you know, you, 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 <laughs> yeah, you, the things I think we might want to remember are not things in our personal experiences, but actually cracking open our Bible and remembering what God has done for us as written in the pages of Scripture. Because here, here's the thing, is, is that Christianity is not for, and its message is not limited to those people who somehow have experienced lucky scrapes in their life. You know, that, that, that you know, things were really down, their chips were down, and all of a sudden things turned around, and now I can remember, because now I have a history with God. And, you know, and then there's a whole other group of people, well, the chips were down, and they stayed down, and then the person died. Uh, or they're about to die. You know, I mean, you know, you, you think about this. Christianity is not exclusively for those people who kind of like Indiana Jones have escaped at the last second with their, you know, with their cool hat intact. Yeah, no, actually, um, Jesus has gone and died for our sins on the cross. Remember Christ's sufferings and death for you to reconcile you to the Father. Christ has transferred you from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of light. Read Colossians chapters 1 and 2. Um, yeah, he has redeemed you. He's purchased. He's bought you. I mean, these are the things that you can remember so that even when you're in those circumstances that do not turn around, um, that lead to, um, well, a series of events, kind of the slow slide into the grave, even as you're sliding into the jaws of death and nothing is there to hang on to, know this, remember this, Christ has conquered the grave. And so if you are in him, then you have already died and you have already risen. This is what scripture says. So um, yeah, the things he's pointing people to, that's some slippery ground right there. And uh, so slippery that there's like nothing to hang on to there. And he's not really building faith. 
if anything, what he's really doing is uh, creating the seedbed for major doubts to arise in people's uh, in people's minds and hearts when uh, things don't turn around as uh, he's promised or talked about. They don't have anything like that to remember, but we can remember the sufferings of Christ for our forgiveness, for our pardon, for our grace. I think you get what I'm saying. All right, we're at the we're up on our, our first break. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkback at fightingforthefaith.com, or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Pyre Christian. Follow me on Twitter, my name there at Pyre Christian. Quick break when we come back. I have a little extended uh, Stephen Furtick update for you on. What not, what to be listening for as far as bad sermonage for the Christmas season. Stay tuned. Don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. If you want advice on how to have your best life now, you're in the wrong place. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. You're listening to Pirate Christian Radio. We'll be taking your false doctrine now. <laughs> no, oh, no, oh, a pirate's life for me. We'll pillage, we plunder, we rifle, we loot, drink up, me hearties, yo-ho. We kidnap and ravage and don't give a hoot, bring up, me hearties, yo-ho. presents Church Day Select. Gentlemen, we have two basic suggestions for the design of this megachurch, and I thought it best that the architects themselves came in to explain the advantages of both designs. That must be the first architect now. Ah, yes. This is Mr. Wapcat of Finkel, Dewey, and Grime. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, yes, the design I've devised for the new worship center has all the aesthetic beauty of the Crystal Cathedral with all the advantages of modern technology. Um, the congregants step through these wide double doors here are carried along the corridor on a conveyor belt in extreme comfort past the youth worship basement, the adult worship rock and roll arena, the monster truck smashatorium, and into the Sarlacc pit. The last 20 feet of the corridor are heavily soundproofed. The congregants slide down these chutes here into the open mouth. Excuse me. Hmm? Did you say Sarlacc pit? Um, Sarlacc pit, yes. Uh, are, are you proposing to digest our congregants over a thousand years? Does that not fit in with your plans? No, it does not. We wanted a simple megachurch, not a death trap. Ah, I see. I hadn't correctly divined your attitude towards the congregants. Uh-huh. You see, I mainly design occultist cathedrals. Yes, pity. Mind you, this is a real butte, not your average satanic mosque with people's beating hearts being ripped out of their chest or burning sulfur pits and convincing passers-by with burnt eyebrows. I mean, my life has been building up to this. Yes, and well done, but... We did want a megachurch and not a temple of doom. Well, may I ask you to reconsider? I mean, you've no idea how modern and relevant this place can be. Think, think of the tourist trip. No, no, it's not going to work for us. By the way, um, why the Sarlacc pit? 
Well, it's a pretty standard feature in all of my projects. You see, if you're going to preach heresy, you might as well not even bother waiting. Just send them to the afterlife quickly, is what I've always said. You mean heaven. (laughs) You are so funny. Thank you. You may leave now. Hypocritical puss buckets. My apologies, gentlemen. The next architect is Miss Parsons of Cromwell and Hague. Good afternoon, gentlemen. As you may notice from my scale model, the design takes us back to our ancestral Christian roots. Observe the white bell tower, the baptismal font, the organ at the back of the Stop! church, and I beg your pardon. You've completely missed the whole point of the mega church. Uh, you've made something irrelevant. How is the seeker-driven church going to attract prospective customers? I, I mean, uh, congregants. Isn't church about worshiping Jesus Christ and hearing and learning his word? Jesus has got nothing to do with this. We need tithers, not decrepit old people clinging to their cracked leather Bibles and going on and on about how the music's too loud and how the preacher doesn't read enough scripture, complaining about the coffee shop in the main foyer and how they charge too much for a double chocolate spring hazelnut latte. But they still pay the fourteen ninety nine for the latte because the water in the drinking fountain tastes like arsenic. <clears throat> That's enough, Miss Parsons. The answer is no. Very well, gentlemen. Have a good day. This is Dr. Curtis Lyons. I am the presiding pastor of the American Association of Lutheran Churches. If you are seeking a church that believes that the Holy Bible is the inerrant, infallible Word of God and accepts the Lutheran confessions because they are the right interpretation of Holy Scripture, I hope that you will take a look at the AALC. Also, if you are considering a vocation as a Lutheran pastor, Our seminary has a residency program and a program available online. This is Curtis Lyons inviting you to take a look at the AALC. Check us out at taalc.org or on Facebook at the American Association of Lutheran Churches. Every summer for the past 15 years, youth have been immersed in the waters of their baptism at Higher Things conferences. On January 2nd, we invite college students and young adults to the campus of Concordia University, Chicago, for an evening spent drinking from the fire hose of the gospel. This unique Higher Things Lutheran Unconference will begin with a service of vespers and end with evening prayer. In between, seven incredible Lutheran pastors will take the stage for just 20 minutes each. A sit-down dinner will be provided with a Q&A session with a speaker panel. Registration is just $100 per person. Go to higherthings.org for more information. That's higherthings.org. Listening to Fighting for the Faith could cause you to become supremely dissatisfied with your church, especially if the 
screeching that you hear uh, during the Christmas season sounds anything like what you're about to hear. Just a reminder, Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio. That means we depend upon you and your generous gifts and financial contributions in order to continue to bring Fighting for the Faith to you into the world, and you can partner with us. That's right. It's a partnership. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. When you get there, you'll see our two friendly yellow buttons. One says donate. The other says join our crew. When you join our crew, you get to pick your rank. That's right. We have ranks starting at uh, Powder Monkey at $9.95 a month, Gunner's Mate $24.95 a month, Master Gunner $49.95, and Quartermaster at $99.95. Now, we're in the process still of trying to get 600 new Powder Monkeys, or the equivalent thereof, or something close to it, that kind of thing. And uh, so if you haven't ever joined our crew and financially supported us, please do so. We truly truly do need uh, the financial assistance in order to continue to bring Fighting for the Faith to you, as well as expand the, uh, our offering and the things that uh, we bring to the table as we serve the body of Christ through what we are doing. And uh, for everybody who joins our crew at Gunner's Mate or above, that's right, if you join our crew at Gunner's Mate or above, we will send you, as our way of saying thank you, a uh, <laughs> a five-ounce bottle of Pirate Christian's Four Blood Moon's Fiery Shemitah Sauce. <laughs> yes, it's available. It, it really is. You can, if, yeah, if you would like to purchase this individually, you can do so. Uh, go, go to fightingforthefaith.com, and when you get there, click on the uh, bake sale. That's right. Our bake sale for the, uh, you know, for the holidays is up and one of the things that we're selling is uh, the uh, Four Blood Boons Fiery Shemitah Sauce. And we have other things, including our Pirate Christian Radio Christmas, or- Christmas Ornament, as well as our Four Blood Moons. Uh, yeah, I survived the Four Blood Moons in the Shemitah t-shirt. Um, yeah, all of these are available at Fighting for the Faith, and you can uh, purchase them. And uh, by the way, the uh, Four Blood Moons uh, Fiery Shemitah Sauce makes a great stocking stuffer for... For uh, those listeners of you know family members that you know enjoy listening to the program, as well as those people that you may know who may have purchased those um, <clears throat> food buckets from uh, from Jim Baker. So just saying. So visit fightingforthefaith.com. Of course, if you would like to specify the amount that you would like to contribute, do so by clicking on the donate button, or you can make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith. Send it to Post Office Box one three three four four. Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And let me thank you for your support because we truly cannot do what we're doing here without it. Moving along, time for a Stephen Furtick update. Sing along if you know the music. Strategically cut to the new style The beaver was making hot You had one eye on the camera As you watched the crowd applaud All of the pastors dreamed you'd be their mentor You'd be their mentor and you're so vain Probably think the Bible's about you. You're so vain. I'll bet 
time when you're going to be hearing Christmas sermons. Now, I know much of evangelicalism has no clue what Advent is, so I'm not even about to go there with that. But um, during this time, if your pastor preaches a sermon, anything closely resembling what it is that you are about to be listening to, you need to find another church, because the Bible's about Christ. It's not about you. Hang on a second, I got yeah, so um, the name of the message we'll be listening to is entitled Embrace the Change, and this is the Christmas message that was delivered at Elevation Church last year. Yeah, this was last year's Christmas message, and it is a hot mess of Jesus. Now, if you've never heard the phrase Jesus before, let me explain what Jesus is. And basically, it's reading the love of yourself into every biblical text. And if you're going to read yourself into the biblical text, it really stands out like a sore thumb when you do it with texts that are clearly about Jesus. Yeah. Um, And so during the Christmas season, this is a simple time of year to spot the what's wrong with the Bible teacher kind of stuff going on. And so we're going to go back in time, if you would, but we'll do this without our uh, time machine today. And uh, I'm looking at the uh, the video of Furtick, and this was before he began his Lou Ferrigno bodybuilding routine, so he's still the scrawny little guy that he used to be, but now he's like Lou Ferrigno. But so uh, without any further ado, here is Stephen Furtick, and embrace the change, Christmas at Elevation. This is what not to do uh, as far as sermons uh, during Christmas time. Here we go. just by singing your gratitude to God. It's one of the most precious gifts that you can give to God this Christmas is to thank him for all the gifts that he's given to you. And just to take inventory of your life this Christmas and and thank him for all the things that he's brought you through and all the promises that he's made you and all of the things that he put up with from you. And to look at his love for you and just contrast that with what you deserve and it should result in in praise and thanksgiving and worship and giving glory to God in the highest I mean he sounded like he started off on the right foot uh, but I know what's coming so it just yeah he heads off in the right direction and then makes an abrupt yeah like u-turn yeah what a wonderful way to spend our Christmas getting prepared just by um, making room for Jesus Christ in our lives 
singing songs together. It's uh, been a very beautiful time in God's presence. And I get the privilege now to preach a Christmas sermon to you. And I'm excited to do it. Yeah, how much you want to bet it's not about Jesus? I'm excited. How much you want to bet it's about Stephen Furtick and you? How many of you need a good preaching? Well, if that's what you need, uh, elevation is like the last place you should go. I want to read the scripture from Luke, the Gospel of Luke, where it describes the birth of Jesus. All right, so there's our biblical text. We're in the Gospel of Luke, and uh, this is the birth of Christ. All right, so (laughs) get ready, because it ain't really going to be about Jesus when this is all done. It's interesting because Luke was a doctor, and uh, so he knew a lot of details about um, the human body, but when he when he describes the birth of Jesus, he's relatively straightforward and, and simple. And I want to give you this scripture. It's just a couple of verses. Maybe familiar. Maybe you've never actually read it, but... Uh, notice the sappy music playing in the background. The sappy music, that's an emotional manipulation technique. Yeah. Uh, Furtick is the king of the emotional manipulators. Describes how Jesus was born. And I'm reading from Luke chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. All right, Luke 2, 4 through 7. Got it. Be on the screens for you to follow along. The scripture says, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, The time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. Again, the greatest event in human history just summed up so simply. Right. That's right. This is the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, the creator of all things, the Alpha, the Omega. The one who is going, who's come to earth, born of the Virgin Mary, to die for our sins so that we might be saved and reconciled to God. Yeah, I mean, this is an important thing. So don't mess it up. It's just like that. And uh, yet I want to call your attention to something in verse 6. It's. I detect a bad segue here. Yeah, he was talking about the greatest event in history, the birth of our Savior. You want to call our attention to something in verse 6? Uh-oh. Simple on the surface, but yeah, it says that while they were there, yeah, you know, they were going on their way, there was a census being taken, so they had to go to Bethlehem to, to register. Yeah. But while they were going about their business, the Scripture says the time came for the baby to be born. Right. And I like that little phrase, the time came, because to me it's, it's a metaphor for how when God wants to do something in your life, he, he does it, and you may not always feel ready for him to do it, but just like he did it for Mary and Joseph, they didn't have a sonogram. They didn't know the due date. They were just doing their thing, going about their business. Hang on. I got to pick my jaw off the, the, the desk. <laughs> What is he doing? I mean, did you? I mean, did you see that? I mean, 
I would like to draw your attention to uh, something in Luke chapter two, verse uh, Luke chapter two, verse six, and uh, (laughs) it says the time came for her to give birth, and he likes the phrase and the time came because that means that God is getting ready to do something in (laughs) your life. Oh, you cannot make this nonsense up. Yeah, um, do you know what the phrase <laughs> means? The time came for her to give birth? Yeah, it means that the time came for Mary to give birth. Yeah, that's what it means. It's not a metaphor about something in your life. And uh, wow, this is blasphemously bad. And then the scripture says the time came. Yeah. And I wanted to let you know that I believe in my heart for a lot of people who have attended this Christmas experience at all of our... The Christmas experience. Yeah, they're they're having a God encounter, you know. ...locations today. I believe the time has come for something great that God wants to do in your life. Right. So because it says in Luke... Cannot make this up. Luke 2 6. The time came for her to give birth. That means that God, the time has come, the God wants to do something great in your life. Yeah, n- notice we aren't preaching Jesus here. We're not, you know, yeah. Oh man, this is awful. So I, I wonder if the uh, Elevation Church Christmas carols, you know, are um uh are, are about Stephen Furtick and you. Uh-huh. Yeah, come let us adore me, come let us... Yeah, uh uh-huh, we continue. The time has come. And, And I just think we ought to make an announcement, you know, that... We might not feel totally prepared, and we're never really going to feel totally prepared... Yeah, I, I don't feel prepared. I mean, just like Mary probably didn't feel prepared at all to, you know, give birth to her first child. I mean, that first pregnancy. I mean, ready or not, here here comes parenthood. Yeah, she probably didn't feel prepared, you know. So, I but God, you probably don't feel prepared for the big thing that God wants to do in your life either. Yeah, notice we're not preaching about Christ. We might not have everything in our lives together, but what I love about God, yeah, is that when it's time, it's time. Yeah, wow, that's so deep it's unfathomable. Um, Wow, yeah, when it's time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's time. Yeah, that's not what Luke 2 is about. And nothing can stop him from doing what he wants to do. Yeah, right, because that's not what Luke 2 teaches. When it's time, it's time. I wish you'd shake somebody next to you and tell them when it's time... It's time. When it's time. Yeah, start shaking people and let them know it you know, when it's time, you know, it's it's time. Time. It's time. Yeah. Come on, it's time for joy and peace and love and grace to first form in your life today. Yeah, it's time for these things, you know. I'm you know, and now, now notice the manipulative music is now building to a crescendo. It's all part of the manipulation. If you believe it's time for a new beginning, a time for restoration, a time for redemption, come on, make some noise. It's time for, you know, restoration and redemption, right? Yeah. What do those words mean in the sentence that you're shouting? 
wake up the wonder of his glory in this place today. Come on, it's time to praise him. It's time to thank him. The time is come. Yeah, let's uh, take a look at that text now and uh, just do a little comparative work here because that's what we do here at Fighting for the Faith. If you have your Bible, open up to uh, Luke chapter 2. We'll read the text and let's see if uh, yeah, if this is all a metaphor about what's going on in your life. Um, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And all went out to be registered, each according each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger." because there was no place for them in the inn. Actually, I think a better translation would be, you know, in the guest room. That would be a good way to translate the Cataluma there. But And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherd return, shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Well, it's fascinating. The angels appear to the shepherds and they announce, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And Stephen Furtick's great big emotional, manipulative crescendo, and the thing he wants to let everybody there at Elevation Church know at Christmas is that it's time. It's time for them to have something amazing happen in your life. Yeah, I, I think that it is time is a far cry for unto you is born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. One is a message of true hope. One is a message of true joy. And the other is just a plastic banana, manipulative, narcissistic nonsense that takes the glory away from Christ and puts it on, well, men like Stephen Furtick. I think you get the point. So this Christmas season, 
if you find yourself in a church and the pastor pulls a narsajit on you uh, and uh, you know starts preaching about himself and preaching you rather than proclaiming that unto you is born a savior which is the important message of christmas and the reason it is an important message is because each and every one of us is born dead in trespasses and sins enslaved to the devil under the dominion of darkness with no hope at all. But God has stepped into human history. God himself, born of the Virgin Mary, comes to die and be our Savior, take our sins upon himself, and propitiate the wrath of God. Yeah, that's good news. What Stephen Furtick was talking about, I I don't know what that was. But it had nothing to do with the Christmas story at all. You know, I'll, I'll say this. A lot of people... A lot of people are getting all upset about the so-called Christmas wars. We talk about this, from, you know, pretty much every year. And you know, well, they get all bent out of shape because you know the the Jewish lady at Walmart who's working behind the checkout stand didn't say to you "Merry Christmas," and everyone's complaining. We need to put Christ back into Christmas. This is a big slogan, you know. And so, you know, this is the big thing to have the fight over. Yeah, um, before you put Christ. You know, you're going to be successful at putting Christ back into Christmas. It's time to get rid of pastors like Stephen Furtick so that we can put Christ back into Christianity. Something to think about. All right, we're up on our second break. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkback at fightingforthefaith.com or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Christian. Follow me on Twitter. My name there at Christian. Quick break when we come back. And Izzy Signy. Um, sermon? Yeah, I don't know what to call this thing. Stay tuned, don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. No itching ears are scratched here. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. High Ridge Christian Radio Theater presents Death of a Salesman. Are ye a salesman? Why, yes, I am. Can I interest you in some... Hi, Chris Rosebro here to talk about our longtime featured advertiser, Cheapo Air. Doesn't matter if you're traveling for business reasons or for pleasure. Doesn't matter if you're traveling within the United States or abroad. Cheapo Air is the place for you to save literally hundreds of dollars on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. On the side of our website, you'll see our ad banners. Look at the ad banner for Cheapo Air and look on it. There's a promo code. Write the promo code down, click on the ad banner, and then book your travel at the Cheapo Air website, and you'll have the opportunity to enter that promo code for additional savings. Again, fightingforthefaith.com. Write down the promo code, click on the ad banner, and save money on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars today. (laughs) 
On January 2nd, college students and young adults are invited to Concordia University, Chicago for an evening drinking from the fire hose of the gospel. This Higher Things Lutheran Unconference starts and ends with worship. In between, seven incredible Lutheran pastors will speak for just 20 minutes each. Dinner will be provided with a Q&A session. Registration is just $100 per person. For more information, go to higherthings.org. Hour number two of Fighting for the Faith Ser- sermon review time. You might want to be sitting down for this. Do this right. the ugly. We review it all here at Fighting for the Faith. We're an equal opportunity sermon reviewing service. Today's sermon <laughs> comes to us via Glory City Church out there in Australia. The name of the sermon is The Realm of the Lord's Presence. And uh, serving up this hot mess of, uh, well, nonsense is Izzy DeGersigny. And, um, We've reviewed one of our sermons before in the past, and I'm afraid that we may have inadvertently released uh, demonic presences through a portal that opened up in our uh, studio while playing that sermon. So you might want to put salt on your windows and, you know, <laughs> you know, take whatever necessary precautions you need to protect yourself from the demonic realm that could be released in this nonsense that you're about to hear. So... Let me back off on the music, and without any further ado, here is uh, Izzy DeGrasigny in the uh, realm of the Lord's presence. Here we go. April has been about the worst month I've had in my life. <laughs> it has been one trial after another. It's been fabulous. How I many of you know that it's good to actually speak, you know? I don't know if you've watched Alexandra and the terrible, horrible, and never repeatable kind of day. If you haven't watched that movie, do yourself a favor. It is therapy. There's no way. Uh, yeah, I read the book to my kids. Had a bad day like that. But when God takes you, like that blonde, lovely lady came up and said, times of refreshing are coming. But they're also in the midst of it, God teaching us how to go above the storms and to learn how to become storm riders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are, are you a storm rider? Yeah, that, that's what God wants to teach you to do, you know. The day after I booked to go and record in a studio, I hooked my finger in something and nearly yanked the top of my finger off and had to go all kinds of tests. It's fantastic what you go through. So I've had to delay all sorts of things. All kinds of stuff has happened. And I'm learning. I'm still learning. How many of you are still students? Learning how to become a more brave storm rider. I'm not one of those people that wakes up and goes, oh, give me another challenge. 
Now, I'm not one of those. The anointing comes on me and I feel like fire is going to explode all my limbs. But honestly, when it wears off and I wake up, I go, oh God, put the pillow over my head. Jesus, yeah, and coffee. Jesus and coffee together. Holy anointing. Holy Jesus. So when I was praying to come here, I felt the Lord speak to me really simply from the storm. (laughs) And he said, Izzy, I want you to explain and I want you to describe what you can of what I've shown you when my attributes are not just aspects of my personality, but every attribute that I have is a realm. And I saw the nature of God peel off. Yeah, God the Holy Spirit wanted you to talk about the something of his attributes when his something is a is a realm, right? Yeah. So, um, apparently, she's waxing eloquent what from what she believes is a direct revelation from God rather than the written word of God. I not familiar of you know realm theology the way she's talking. And like a, I don't know how to describe it. It just went like this, and I was invited into the realm of peace into a realm of peace. Do you remember when Jesus turned to his disciples and he said, peace I give you, not as the world understands it, but I'm going to give you peace. I leave with you peace. Well, I used to read that and I used to go, that's fantastic. So I go to pray. I go, thank you, Jesus. You are the Prince of Peace. Just give me some of your peace. You know, okay, I've received peace. Then you go out, storms, and you go, okay, have I got enough peace for that storm? I'll go back. Okay, Jesus, I'm not sure if I have enough of your peace, but if you could just give me a little bit more just to make sure, I'll just go out again. So you're never really sure if you've got enough peace or you use it up. And I felt the Lord say to me for this time that he says, I want you to invite the possibility of you actually encountering a realm of his peace that you dwell in. What does this sentence mean? You're, you want to invite a realm of his peace. What is this? As opposed to just an attribute. If I look... Yeah, there's people there. It sounds like their minds are being blown. Whoa, yeah, yeah, we need to invite a realm of God's, you know, peace into our life, not just an attribute. Oh, oh, yeah, there's the secret sauce I was missing in my devotions. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) what on earth? Why are these people sitting there and listening to this nonsense rather than walking away and thinking this woman's a nut? A picture of a banana. Oh, let me choose a fruit I really like, Uh, a mango. All right. If I look at a picture of a mango, I can get quite excited. Yeah. Think of your favorite fruit and you look at that. Maybe it's berries. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe you can't really afford to buy a whole lot of berries. But when you see a big bowl of berries, you get so excited, you just want to put your face in it, right? Right, Yeah. Um, I don't generally put my face in bowls of berries, although I do get excited about papaya and mango. Those are pretty good, you know. That's fantastic, but it's just a picture. If you were given a bowl of berries, that's just still a bowl of berries. But what? Right, yeah, uh-huh. If God said to you, no, you like berries, who likes berries? Oh, most of you, fantastic. You're such an easy people to talk to. It would be really awful if only one person went like this. Sorry. Um, and you and the Lord was saying to you, I want you to come into this into this place. It's called the realm of berries. Uh-huh. The realm of berries. Right. Yeah. 
I think she's in the realm of fruits and nuts, you know. And you stepped into it and you realized that everywhere you walked, berries appeared under your feet. And so you just got, you actually got used to the fact that you were wasting berries because now you're squashing them. And there's berry juice just squeezing between your toes and you're walking around and every- Yeah, my mom would complain about that. And my wife would get pretty upset if I came into the house after stepping in the realm of berries, you know. Tree is bursting with berries. And then you realize this will be real fun to run in. So you start to pick up a bit of speed. You throw off your shoes. You throw off the heavy cloaks and things, and you go, man. Then you think, I don't have to worry about putting it in my pockets because there's so much ahead of me. I'm just going to eat as I run. And then next thing, you're running through the fields of berries and the valleys, and you're going up and down. You realize there's a never-ending berry world for you. That sounds very, very good, I think. No, it, it sounds bizarre. You see, that's what God does to us. And in fact, what he's done to us is exactly that. Um, what has he done exactly? See, I don't know if you realize, but the Christ in you is way bigger than your physical body. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, is, do I need to get a bigger environment for it? <laughs> you know, a little. Uh, Terry Seville, boy, uh, thing here. I think some of you would get a fright if you saw yourself in a spiritual mirror. Mm-hmm. <gasps> I'm fat. <laughs> oh, you're bigger. You're way wider. <laughs> Just holding my tummy in. <sighs> Especially when you stay on the side, you know, you go, how's the camera? How's it? Notice uh, she's not exegeting a biblical text. Um, not that she should be doing that anyway. what has happened to you isn't that god has given you an attribute of christ he's actually given you christ himself christ himself has come into the inside of you that's the realm of all realms um yeah it's true um you know christ in you the hope of glory but um the realm of all realms what's this realm talk and made himself at home in you. That just freaks my brain out. It's the only thing that keeps me sane on this planet. Really. Hello? Christ in you, this hope of glory. Christ in you, this hope of glory. It isn't just hope, it's hope of glory. You can't weigh glory. It's the heaviest substance on the planet. It'll make a hole through the ground. It'll push you through the realms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, glory. That's heavy stuff. It'll it'll put a hole in the ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently, it's as dense as you know, maybe a black hole or something. Take you up. It'll make it'll make you like something that goes on one side of the balance and throws off everything else. It's if you've got trouble on this side and you've got glory on that side, glory far outweighs them all. Right. So you want to make sure glory is on the other side of the scale. Yeah. In your life. Yeah. How you do that? I yeah, that I don't know. It's like you just got to slide to the other side of the seesaw where the glory is and watch all the troubles. Ah, wee! And if you jump up and down, they usually bounce and leave. You know, right? Bouncing troubles because they've been bounced off by the glory on the other side of the scale. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I'm not sure what to do with this. I mean, it sounds like, you know, she did, she had a bad LSD trip or something like that. And, and, uh, and apparently some kind of, you know, flashback into it or something. I don't know what she's talking about. So the realm of his glory, I want to show you, cause I looked up the word realm and the only places that they, it's, it said it quite a few times. I can't remember exactly how many times it used it in this one version. But it would speak about the realm of darkness, the realm of the dead, and the realm of flesh. Yeah, which verses are you talking about? Could we see those in context, Izzy? That's where realm was used. And two particular words were used. One of them, the more common one, was um, the one when it was speaking about, it was all in the Old Testament, about uh, you know, when you descend into the realm of death, which is Sheol. It's- Sheol realm that people don't come out of. It's the realm of darkness. You know, when people say there is no hell, there's an awful lot of talk about the realm of Sheol. (laughs) Sheol. If there isn't a hell, why did Jesus have to come? Sorry, I just have to put it blatantly out there. Yeah, I'm glad at least you're not heretical in that sense, that, uh, yeah, you actually believe what Scripture reveals regarding eternal punishment, but all this other stuff you're talking about is just utter gobbledygook. There is a real place of death and darkness that Jesus came to deliver us from. And I just want to propose to you that that death on this planet, when people are so depressed and so downtrodden, they cannot possibly conceive a place where there's never-ending darkness. I really do believe that Christ came to deliver all, but all have to make a choice. And so I don't believe there's an instantaneous Jesus stamp on everybody, no matter what you've been through. I believe that when you make a choice, God honors that. God honors your choice. Uh, says no biblical text anywhere. That's the Pelagian heresy right there. It's a denial of the doctrine of original sin. We continue. He's not a controller. He's a father. All right. Are you there? And you're not an exegete. You're a sloganeer. But he walked out at that point, which is encouraging. <laughs> so God invites us into a realm. So the realm of shell, the realm of darkness. The other place where it speaks about it, it speaks about a kingdom. So it speaks about the realm of the kings. And the realm of the kings meant the rulership of the kings, the kingdom of the kings. In other words, the dominion and authority that they had established in a nation. All right? So I'm going to read a scripture to you from Revelation 1, and it speaks about us there. We're all over this Bible. He boasts about us. You know that? Yeah, the Bible's about Jesus. It's not about you and it's not about me. Um, It's about what Jesus has done for us. Yes, you know that. You're in a good church, even if you don't say anything. I know you know. Revelation 1 and verse... Hang on. Um, I thought it was 6. It is. Yes, it is. Let's just back to verse. Now we can just read from verse. Sorry, it's my it's my eyesight. Verse five, half of verse five. It says, "To him who loves us, and who has freed us from our sins by his blood, and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power." forever and ever. Look, he's coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him and all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. And the Lord says, I am the Alpha and the Omega who is, 
who was and who is to come. And he's the one who's made us to be a kingdom and priests. You're not just ministering before God. You are a ministry to God. You don't just have a gift. You are a gift to God. See, God doesn't see you just as a picture. He doesn't just keep a photograph of you. And you're going to remember Auntie Sue. Wasn't she lovely? I have a lovely photograph. Yeah, this is, and this isn't even exegesis. I don't know what this is. doesn't even have a bowl that Sue sits in where he can actually go and talk, no, or a chair. He actually has a whole field where he can walk with you and run with you because he believes that you are a realm of experience for him. Yeah, uh, wow, uh, what on earth? So God believes that I'm a realm of experience for him. You got that out of the book of Revelation, really? That's not what that passage said. What is this? We talk about having encounters with God. We talk about him visiting us. And about that visiting being a, a visitation and a remain, a remaining. That's exactly what Jesus is. Jesus never intended to do the little, you know, bouncing. And you know, like those ropes that you see in shows and the ropes from heaven sort of let Jesus down into your house and then pulls him back up, you know, in case he stays there too long. Now he's come to abide. The encounters have come to abide in you. The anointing has come to abide in you. What? The encounters have come to abide in me. What are you talking about? Because you are a realm to give him praise. You are a realm to give him glory. You are a realm to give him praise. Isn't that wonderful? The reason why it's so wonderful. Yeah, why would it be wonderful? It's nonsensical. Well, it's because that's the only way you can know him. That's why you, you can't know about him. You have to experience him. Why? Because he is a realm. The realm of his love isn't just, well, I know he loves me. Because 10 years ago, he put his arms around me. And I remember he was very kind. And he's been kind to me ever since. That's wonderful. But he wants to show himself to you today. And then later on tonight, maybe wake you up in the middle of the night. How many of you like to be woken up in the middle of the night? Sometimes he just wants to go, hey. And you go, what? You've got to tell me something important. I'm going to write it down. He goes, no, I just want to say, hey. I could last night. I tried so-, so God's going to wake me in the middle of the night just to say, hey. I'm staying awake. I'm like, do you, do you want to talk? Is there anything you want to say? No. I'm just, I'm here. Okay. Sometimes he just wants to wake you up and put you to sleep again. How many of you struggle sleeping? Stand up, please. You're going to have an anointing of waking up and sleeping. Waking up and sleeping for the right reasons. Put your hands up. I promise you, we pray for this all over the world. People that have never been able to sleep, sleep. And then they say, please wake me up, God. Father, I just thank you right now that Holy Spirit just comes and visits these houses in a supernatural way. And I just release to you supernatural sleep, supernatural just rest, deep rest. Well, there you go. If you have insomnia, she's releasing supernatural sleep right now. You might want to get in on that, you know. Although I don't think she sounds like mentally she's quite stable. Sleep like you've never had before. There's somebody here, it's been years that you haven't slept. Is that you, lady? It's been years. For, is that you? I thought it was somewhere here. Put your hand up. 
I just released you right now, <laughs> anointing for supernatural rest. And we just say that that pattern is broken. It's going to be a brand new pattern. And in fact, your wake hours are going to be so energized. And then you're going to go into the deepest sleep you've ever known. I just released that word to you. And Father, I thank you for signs and wonders that accompany. Signs and wonders that accompany. There's a gentleman in the white t-shirt there. Your eyes are closed. Put your hands up. I just see that the Lord is going to visit you and you're going to hear different sounds in your room. You're going to hear different, uh, different sounds. I don't know if you like music or if you listen to a lot of music when you sleep, but God is going to wake you up with different wavelengths and different sounds. And so we just release that to you in the name of Jesus. Sometimes you'll hear an angel singing or one instrument playing and it's going to bring a tremendous rest to your soul in Jesus' name. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. We receive that by faith. And if you have a testimony, you bring it to your leaders because we get really happy when stuff does happen. Um, are you still awake? You're still ready? I want to read you a cool, just a thing following on in case you think I'm just all over the place. I've actually organized some order to this. Really, I haven't seen any of that. Otherwise, the creatives get a really bad, whoopsies, reputation. For being haphazard. I just want to be hap, happy. All right. The speed of sound, it travels at 343 meters per second. All right. That's just in a certain temperature, kind of like now. All right. Because obviously there's all the scientific people going, yes, but if you turn it, yes, yes, yes. But just being average, let's just stick at 343 meters per second in this temperature, all right? So that's the speed of sound. So when you speak, when there's sound moving, it moves 343 meters. You can picture that, right? Per second. That's pretty fast, though. Okay? In water, it moves 4.3 times faster. Guess what? You're about 80, 85% water. <laughs> yeah, and your point is what exactly? So if you times 343 by 4.3, you can write that down if you want to. You can figure that out. All right? That's the speed of sound moving around in your body. So when you're hearing the word of God, which is actually the Bible says that he is light. The word is light. And now we're going to have a look at another thing about how, don't you love iPhones? They switch off. About, (laughs) (coughs) ah, It's offering me all kind of Wi-Fi. I don't want it. I really don't want it. The speed of light. Is 900,000 times faster than that. In fact, it moves 300 million meters per second. Guess what? You have all of those happening inside of you. You have light and sound and water. The sound will travel faster in water, but light will speed everything up. The Bible says that you have been translated from a kingdom, from a realm of darkness, Sheol, into a kingdom of light, into the kingdom of the son he loves. He's prepared a realm for you. That realm of light is moving through your body. And I think if you had eyes to see, you might see how quickly people get healed. 
I mean, I know they got healed 2,000 whatever years ago when Jesus died, but the reality of that activation in their bodies is happening at the speed of light. As people release the word of God, the word is released. That's why it's so important to proclaim. It's so important to decree. Yeah, as people release, you know, the word of God, you know, know, that's why you got to proclaim. Says no biblical text anywhere. I, I don't know what this woman's talking about. If you decree a matter, it will be. Why? Because there's power in your voice. Oh, so apparently I'm God. <laughs> your voice isn't just a sound. Do you remember what happened to Adam and Eve when they took a taste of the fruit that divided them? It says they suddenly realized that they were naked because they probably realized the other person was naked first. Oh, my gosh, you got no clothes on. They became self-conscious, and they hid because they heard the sound. You see, the sound of God was moving ahead of them, and they could hear that realm approaching, and that realm was full of light. They could hear the realm approaching, says nothing like that in Genesis. He's like making stuff up. Hiding from the sound of light. How fast was that light moving? How fast did they run? When he's translated us into the kingdom of the son he loves, how much faster can we run with him? How fast does revelation move through your body when you realize something? You go, you know what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure. How do I measure this? How fast does revelation move through my body? I, I don't know. Yeah, I just never measured it, you know. Every part of your soul and your body is aligning itself to the reality of who God is for you right now. That's awesome. So you might say, what what good is this all going to do for me? Oh, wonders. I'll tell you why. Because when you read the Bible next, you're not content with just reading a two- or three-dimensional book. You're not wanting to go and see the movie, as wonderful as the Jesus movies are especially for people who don't know him. But you can encounter the God of light, of the word, and he can transform your reality into a realm so that when you feel the love of God, you're not... Yeah, he's going to transform your reality into a realm. Yeah, that sounds helpful. It's receiving some of his love. You're actually being invited in the realm of the fullness of his love. I want to encounter that. I want to know that. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Why would I want to encounter it or know it? God's on me. If I'm shaking on the ground, I don't pick people up. I just say, no, stay there as long as possible. If God starts vibrating me, I say, Lord. Yeah, if someone's having a seizure, you might want to call medical professionals. I don't care if you go off with my feet and hands and shoulder blades. I don't care what you leave behind. Just zoop it up. I just want to go to the max. Just whatever I can cope with. He's always taken me seriously. People go, why do you have such extreme encounters? Because I ask for more. I just want more, God. I want more. I'm desperate to know him. Is it all about encounters? I'll tell you what. When you're encountering him, even when nothing's happening to you, you just are quiet and aware of his still waters. I tell you what, ask him to zoop that up to the max. Ask him to make that. To zoop it up. Yeah, we need God. God, we need you to zoop things up to the max. Yeah, I... I, (laughs) You know, I'm a pastor, and, you know, I, I, I write sermons and deliver them and stuff, and 
I, I can't make heads or tails of this. Reality that that becomes your realm of stillness. It doesn't just become like, I've got to just, I've just got to be still. Before an interview. No, it becomes a realm. Why? That other people are invited into. Right, that other other people are invited into. Sounds so practical, um, except for I have no clue what on earth this woman's talking about. I mean, she's going on and on about just nonsense. How many of you mothers have been have had the worst day ever? You're standing at a checkout and someone says, you seem so peaceful. Have you had that happen? You seem so peaceful and your hair's all over and you're going, me? me? I've got you know no makeup on. My kids are pulling here. But because you've entered a realm of peace, people are not feeling your day or your month. They're coming into the realm that you live in. So there's no more condemnation. Do you understand why there's no more condemnation? We don't quote things like two-dimensional robots. Therefore, there is no more condemnation. Do you ever ask God why? Why isn't there no more condemnation? Well, I'll tell you why. Because you live in the pleasure. You live in my realm of pleasure. You see, yeah, the reason why there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus is because Christ has bled and died for our sins. So we aren't condemned. We're clothed in the righteousness of Christ. This is what scripture says. What you're talking about, I have no idea where you're getting any of that nonsense. Eden was a realm. Eden wasn't just a backyard. It wasn't just Burke's heaven. His dream place, his TV show of all time. No, it was, Eden meant the realm of pleasure. <laughs> it, it did? Where, where'd you get that from? That's where we were put into. Do you know we weren't created in there? We were made outside and then we were put inside there. Here's another neat thing. Ha, ah, you're going to like this. In Genesis, it speaks about the Lord taking from the, the, the dust of the ground and roughly squeezing together Adam. He roughly molded him. And then it says that he breathed into his nostrils once he had shaped him and designed him. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. That word is nefesh. It's where we get the word nefesh, which actually means to be refreshed. He breathed. <laughs> really? The Hebrew word nefesh means refreshed. Where'd you learn that from? To us. Refreshing. So that every time you breathe in, all your, all your cells are going, thank you very much. And you breathe out, and they're going, thank goodness. And you go, thank you very much. You breathe out, oh, thank goodness. You see? Isn't that amazing? Think about every time you breathe in, breathe out. You're living in a realm that God created. Yeah, your inner dialogue there, Izzy, is um, quite frightening. I just thought of that. People that don't know God, you can look at them breathing in and out going, It's fantastic. God's already on their case. Every split second. It's like, they're breathing in, breathing out. That's God's realm. <laughs> Who knew breathing was God's realm? Yeah. I, yeah, I. I <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah. I think we need the uh, guys in the white lab coats with the, you know, to help with that jacket and, and the padded room for her. Yeah. They just haven't woken up to that. So that's, that's just one aspect. Then the Bible says that he puts Adam into a deep sleep. Tadema, I think that's how you say it. And it means kind of like a trance. I think you had to so you wouldn't get freaked out. No, I'm kidding. No, he puts Adam into a deep sleep. And he opens up the ribs 
And he takes out a rib. He takes out a part of Adam in order to fashion something different. And the word that he creates, Eve, is very different. It's actually, it's like he makes an extension. When, it's like when you're going to make an extension or a renovation in a house. That's what it talks about. It talks about the dimensions. He created a dimension, another dimension of Adam, which is amazing. Do you know that it never speaks about him breathing into Eve? Ever thought about that? It doesn't matter if you haven't. I'm just asking out of curiosity. You're like, was I supposed to? No, no, no. No, it's all right. I'll ask this side. They're not so nervous. Okay. Have you ever thought about that? (laughs) You get a lot of exercise here. Gosh, we've got this little stage. This is like, hallelujah, lots of leg raises. Have you ever thought about it? It doesn't matter if you haven't. Here's the thing. He didn't have to because I believe that breath came out the side. I'm proposing. I haven't written a book about it, and I probably... Birth came out of the side of Adam. Birth. Okay. I'm just proposing that he shaped Eve's body around the breath. So here's the reality. Oh, breath came out of the side. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, she's just making stuff up for sure. Now, we are like... Way off the biblical reservation here. We're in no man's land. Whether you've been created from the dust or whether you've been shaped around the breath, it's still his realm that lives inside of you. And the bride that came out of Jesus' side is created out of blood, water, and spirit. This is awesome. It means you're made with supernatural DNA right there. Yeah, I I, I got supernatural DNA there, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. It totally is. It means that if even if every single person in your family is bipolar, and I mean it, like some people have that. We have people coming to our church, and like every single person in their family have some kind of mental anguish in their lives. Even if that be the case, and you decide that that doesn't have to be your case history, you can become a realm of sanity that can bring redemption to your entire household. Yeah, I, I can become a realm of sanity, she says, while sounding crazy. Isn't that amazing? You see, his love is a realm that will keep you sane. His love is a realm that will keep you healthy. His love is a realm that will keep you refreshed. His love is a realm that will keep you in the pleasure of God. His love is a realm that can keep you strong no matter what the storms. You just, love makes you fearless. I wrote a song called Love Fears No Storms. Love Fears No Storms. It's like you just go, you got another one? Well, let's go above this one. Let's see what, one, what fun we can have riding this one. It, goes, it says that the Lord rides the heavens. Who's ride with him? I don't just want to watch his feet from underneath. I'm not happy with that. I'm like, if you are riding, just take me with you. Have you ever asked him to take you with him? You read in the Bible, you go, and he rode the chariots of fire. I'm like, oh, I would love to do that. And he took Elijah up in the chariots of fire. Wouldn't you like to do that? Or just ask. Yeah, and just hitch a ride. You know, stick your thumb out. And, you know, hey, God, you know, can I hitch a ride with you? Yeah, you know, because I, I want to do that. Ask. I asked once, I said, Lord, I would just love to see what it was like when you first opened your eyes in the tomb. So he took me there. It was just unbelievable. 
So apparently she's now an eyewitness to the resurrection of Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's watching his sails change. I can't even speak about it hardly. And to see his eyes starting to flutter. And what freaked me out was the sound that I heard from demons when he started to move. It was like the hordes of hell. I've never heard such terror. And I just, you know, sometimes visions just get too much and your body can't take it. And you feel like you just came away with a little photograph and you go, oh, just shrink me, Jesus, so that I can go back. You know, when we say, I want to be less so that you can be more. Actually, it's so that, God, I want to realize the realm that you are so that I drench myself in it. So that resurrection life is more real to you than death. I don't want the realm of death. People get terrified they're going to die. If that's the worst thing that happens, I promise you, usually it's quite quick and you wake up somewhere else. You either come back or you don't. It's really simple. I've never known a complicated history thing. It's just you're either dead or you're alive. Some people come back, some people don't. If that's the worst thing that happens, you've still gone to a better place. Like, I hate to say this to you, but really, I've just said, God, there are times where I used to ask the Lord because things were so tough. I thought I was so brave, but actually it was very weak of me. I say, Lord, I just want to be with you. He says, just stop being so weak. Get up. I used to tell the love people that, you know, the ones that just camp at, at the love anointing. Oh, you know, they say, you, God would never talk to you like that. Because God is loving and he's so kind and he's sweet. He's like a sugar daddy. He always has musk lollies in his pocket for you. He's there, there, don't worry. Come, 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 I'm going to give you another sugar lolly. No, he doesn't. Sometimes he just says, get up. <laughs> I always tell people, God doesn't feel sorry for you. He's greater than that. <laughs> He doesn't live in, in a realm. He doesn't, we will never bow down to our realm of victim. He'll never will. He'll just say, are you happy? So we have a victim realm now. Right, yeah. I'm not sure where she's getting any of her theology from. How's it working out for you? It's terrible. Well, just let me know when you want out. <laughs> just let me know. Listen, sometimes people have said to me, well, what would you know about that? What would you know about that? Well, I knew sexual abuse from the age of three till about 12. I tried to kill myself at five. I ran around with a knife around the kitchen, convinced that I was going to kill myself. I didn't know where I'd heard it. At 15, I was totally suicidal. And I remember leaving home and I was going to not come home. So I'd taken my favorite shirt. I'd taken, I'd just taken nothing actually. I just thought, I'm just going, I'm not coming back home. And I went to a beach, which was my favorite place in all the world. I just loved going, especially long piers. I love to go to the end of piers and just sit. And I went to my favorite place on the east coast of Durban, which is where we immigrated to when I was really young. And I sat there and waited, and I just looked out the water, and I just, I remember feeling blank and empty, like I'd have nothing to live for. I dreamt of dancing my whole life. I grew up in Italy watching my mother play for the, the Roman dance school, the company, whatever. Company of dance. I don't know what it was called then. And I remember thinking, that's what I want to do. I just want to dance. And everything went wrong. Every single thing went wrong. I lost everything. I felt like I'd lost everything. My father had left. 
he was no longer with us. He'd gone back to Europe and it just felt empty. I just thought there's nothing to live for. And a man came and sat down next to me and passed me a pair of binoculars. And he said, what can you see? So I, I looked through and I said, well, there's, I can see a few surfers. And then I passed the binoculars back to him. He says, why are you here? I said, well, actually, I'd love to just jump off the edge and I don't want to come back. He says, well, he says, I wouldn't do that if I were you, but if you did, I'd come and save you. And then he just seemed to disappear. He wasn't there anymore. And I was so still for so long that I wondered if he had walked off quietly or if I'd imagined it all. But I was so changed that I knew no one could take that from me. I went home and I, I said, God, if this is you. If, if you're real, I want to know you. I want to know that for myself. I'm not happy to go to church. I want, I need to know inside. And a realm of light opened up. That's all I can explain is the room filled up with light and I was inside light. And all of me felt light. Preaching her experiences, not the word of God. This is not Christian doctrine, theology. This is not revelation from Christ. This is something totally different. I thought, why am I worried about anything? That's what I remember. The first thing was like, I'm not worried about anything. I'm not worried about anything. There's nothing that could worry me now. I clearly remember it was a cool night and the curtains behind me and the black outside and this light. Everything was light. I woke up the next day. I bounced out of bed. I said, Mom, I feel light. She wasn't as happy as I was. We have our religion. You know, we're going to go to church on Sunday. I don't know what you're talking about, but I couldn't stop speaking about it. I couldn't stop speaking about what had happened to me. You see, I'm happy to be a witness to watch somebody else. I'm very happy for that, but I want it to happen to me. Because if I can have that happen in me, I become a carrier. And then I can become a deliverer. That's what God has for all of us. And so the wonder of what he does is every time you come to him, he will open up another aspect. And at about the time you just think, God, you're too marvelous. He goes, I have even more. It's even bigger than that. It's planets of berries. And now you're no longer, the, the planets become big berries that you're just leaping on. Slow motion, you know. You know. And in fact, you could just throw your arms out and all of a sudden berries are everywhere. And there's just red, purple <laughs> every shade in between, crushed all over. I mean, that's what God has made us. He has made us carriers of hope, a realm. A uh, carriers of hope, uh, a realm of berries. Yeah, sounds kind of fruity to me. Kingdom and priests. That word realm means a kingdom. He's made you not just a priest to love him. He's made you an encounter of love for him. So when he listens to your worship, he's not trying to go, ah, that's a little flat. He's not like me. He's actually going, that is the sweetest sound I can hear from you. And he's able to hear multiple sounds on multiple levels in multiple nations all at the same time. And he appreciates it all. And it's like he gets drunk on it all. And yet he's totally sober. And he's in God totally gets drunk. While being totally sober, right, yeah. It's like being black but really being white. It's like being up when you're really down, you know. It's, it's amazing how that all works. Right mind for your sake. 
Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? The expanse of our God, the glorious wonders of our God. And I think that's why, because I'm a musician and, you know, I, I, I do jump around like a creek sometimes, but mostly I'm confined behind some kind of instrument. I find it difficult to stay within the confines of a song because for me, the song folds open and I go, there's so much more. I start to hear, I start to hear other angels playing things. You see, when you're a kingdom and you're a priest. You know, it, it's like, you know, it, with the apostasy running as deep as it's running right now. Yeah, um, God has replaced sober-minded men who are exegetes of God's word. And, you know, the people despise the preaching of God's word, refuse to believe it and to hear it. And, you know, they've gathered to themselves, you know, people who will scratch their itching ears like what Izzy is doing here. And it's like, well, God said, all right, fine. You don't want to, you don't want somebody who's going to preach the word. I'm going to send you somebody who's probably not mentally sane. And I'm going to let somebody who's probably certifiable, you know, preach to you, even though she's a woman. And she's just going to fill your mind with nonsense. And I'm going to send a strong delusion on you in judgment for you not believing my word. That's kind of what I feel like I'm looking at here. You're a priest inside a different realm. You're not just in this realm. Did you know that when you're singing, you're not just here? If you're seated in heavenly places, there's a whole lot of stuff going up there, guys. For the men, there are sparkling wheels with the rims that are high and awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah, I can hardly wait to see the sparkling wheels with the really cool rims, you know, in the realm of berries or something. Right. Yeah. And the engines, I'm sure, are revving. And for the girls who like pretty things, there's... Chrysolite and onyx and beautiful stones and bright, beautiful colors. Sapphires and emeralds and rubies. And oh, all the girls are like, oh, this is such fun. We can go to the Emerald City and visit the Wizard of Oz. Wow. Heavenly places, but not just that. The colors and dimensions of these stones speak of the attributes and glory of God, speak of sounds, because sound travels at a different speed in all. You can do your research. There's different ways that it moves through all those substances. So it comes out different. So every time you're in the presence, there is another combination. It's really hard. You have to be real disciplined and really good musician to stay on course. It's like, it's like a bunch of wild horses up there. You just go, oh, my God. Okay. Sometimes it, it didn't happen tonight so much, but I've been in times where one specific angel will land and will just begin to speak a whole song so fast. And I used to say, I need help. I, I don't know how if I can hear it, if I can see it. So the words would come up in the spirit and I would just read the words. And then it got really a lot of fun because four songs would come up at the same time. The Lord said, just pick any one of them. Which one do you want to sing first? I go, that looks real cool. Now let's sing. Okay, we'll sing the, that one over there. You know, it just becomes so fast. Why? Because you're no longer just confined in the two dimension of sound. The sound is peeled open and you're in the realm of sound, light, glory. (laughs) And in that realm is unlimited revelation of who he is. So he just opens his eyes and looks at you and you go. Yeah, unlimited revelation in that realm thingy, right? Yeah. Melts. You just think, what shall I sing about? What can we magnify? The Bible says, magnify the Lord with me. 
Which part, Lord? Because you're really big already. So could you zoom me into just a little bitty part and let's make that a realm? You know, we heard tonight about the angels of fire coming. Dear Lord Jesus, have you ever met one of those? No, and I'm pretty sure you haven't either. Lord Jesus, the angels of fire. Oh, I promise you, you want those. You want those ones. They come. If somebody came up and said they saw a rainbow, do you know why? Because the angels of fire around the throne where the rainbow is, they come from the throne. They come from the face of God. So it's the angels of fire who make the rainbows, you know, when it rains. Yeah. I had no idea. Love, lady. I don't know what your name is. Who are you? Sharon. Karen. Sharon, I'm so sorry. Is it Sharon? There's something wrong with me. Sharon, Karen, Sharon. Sharon, Sharon. Rose of Sharon. Lord, I just thank you. The angels of fire would just come and visit her. God, make her an electric conductor of the fire of God. Of the fire of God. Let arrows shoot through her and let arrows come out of her. God, she longs for you more than anything else in this world. And she's known a really good life sometimes, God, but yet she said, oh God, I want more. I want more of you. So Lord, kiss her and make her a warrior. Make her fierce in the spirit. Zoop her up. Take her up to a whole new level. Yeah, God, zoop her up. Yeah, I don't know how you zoop, you know, but zooping is kind of important, you know. It says you're going to read the word with eyes of fire. You're going to bore holes in books. God says get ready to devour. You're going to be Sharon the devourer. Sharama. Oramasha. Urabasakri mashandi. Proof that she's not hearing from the Holy Spirit. God's word makes it clear. Nobody is to speak in a tongue in a congregation unless there's somebody to interpret. Uh, she's disobeying God's word. This is not a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. It's a manifestation of somebody who needs mental help. I hear tonight. Is Lana here? <laughs> Angels of fire. Turamashakri mashandi. Uramasa. Sharon, just stay there. Um, Chris, why don't you stand up, please? And the gentleman who prophesied about the angels of fire, why don't you stand up too, please? It's amazing. You know, sometimes God does a little pattern in the room, and he just, he, he just sends lights to different points. And then Lana, Shamba, if she's here. Kura, Shaba, Kamdi, Woman just blew in my ear. What is that? God's going to move really fast. <laughs> God moves really fast. Urashanda, He moves really fast. I don't know, Sharon, if you have a daughter, if you have somebody in your family, if you have a daughter, God's moving quickly through the one particular one, your youngest one. <laughs> God, we just thank you. We just send your word. We just send every goodness, every bit of goodness and glory. If you're feeling fire in you right now, stand up. If you're feeling that fire in you right now, stand up. <laughs> Lord, just release your fire angels all around. Release your fiery warriors to come and set fire. To yeah, uh, fire is generally associated with the devil and his demons. At least that's where they're headed. Um, well, whatever she's releasing, yeah, probably ain't from the heavenly realm, you know. People's desires. I believe God is actually taking your deepest desire 
and he's going to put fire on it. It's like a coal that's on your mouth. God has said, I'm going to sustain you with this desire. He's going to sustain you. He's going to show you from his word how that desire will sustain your life. (sighs) Angels of fire, come. Angels of fire. Nathaniel's wife, it's uh, Haley, won't you come here? You're a fire conductor. Where is Haley? Haley, won't you come forward? Oh, I love you to stand here. Is this all right? Catherine, you step in at any moment if you're not happy. I am really in submission to this leadership. Whoa, somebody behind her, please. Somebody behind her. <laughs> Lord, we just thank you for impartations of fire that God, every time she receives from a different ministry that you are weaving in her, Lord, a capacity to edit. God says you're an editor. You're someone who's going to understand the thread of what he's saying and he's going to cause fire to come on it. You're going to be able to take from many different streams and call it something. You're going to be one who takes from many different streams and you're going to give it a name. God says you're a namer. You have an authority of a namer. You are a mother of many, and you're an Eve carrier. You're a glory carrier. You have inside. You're an Eve carrier, yeah, just like Adam was, you know. You such creativity. Shakura masa. And God says there's a generation coming up that will be so full of fiery creativity that they will do things that have no name. I keep seeing this ever since I've come here. Things that have no name shall be named in this place. Things that haven't been named yet or described or invented shall be named, described, and invented in this place. There is a manifold fire coming. It's like a fan of fire. The manifold wisdom is like the, the full spectrum of the, of the rainbow. It's not just the half moon. It's the full spectrum. It's the full circle. The full circle. <laughs> Angels of fire coming. Angels of fire coming, revelation coming so fast that all of your bodies will be woken up to the spirit life. All of your bodies will be woken up to the spirit life. Holy, 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 holy lamb of God. Holy lamb of God. Chris, I see over you just this, it's like a, a, a um, it's like you're in, standing in the moon. That's what I see is like a moon behind you. And it's like you're suspended like, like a, a, a figure with a moon behind you. And God says he's put behind you such apostolic glory that what you're going to be catapulted to, you will always be able to bounce back into the safety of that because you're... So apparently this is like a prophetic cold reading time. Um, none of these cold readings really make any sense and don't really provide any helpful information at all. It's just nonsense. ...to move into times where you will not even understand what it is that you're releasing over people. God says it's taking you ahead of time. And then it's only when you bounce back into the apostolic reality that you're going to understand what you release, that you are a, a releaser of the realms of glory and the realms of his fire. So, Father, we just thank you. We just thank you right now. And we just declare over this place that there'll be a full moon. We just thank you for a full moon. God says, don't worry about the blood moons. Don't worry about all that. It's not for us to know all the times. He knows the times. He understands. And the sons of Issachar will understand what they need to do in times like these. And times are changing so fast. that About the time you think you've got a handle on it, God is saying, give me another hand. 
Because I'm going to give you another handle. I'm going to give you another handle. I'm going to give you another handle. I believe, Chris, God is giving you many handles and many things to actually teach and instruct others so that you will go into nations and you will learn wisdom on how to spread the gospel in this particular way. God is going to give you supernatural downloads on understanding cultures and people groups, and you're going to help people to come. I just see such humility and such glory woven inside of you. It's so beautiful. You know, the angels of fire come with demonstration, and they also come to fire inside of you. Because when it says that he was the one with eyes of fire, it's that you look at people differently. When God fires you in a different way and you come into a realm of his fire, you will look at people differently. You'll no longer just take them for granted. You'll no longer just assume that you understand what they're doing or you no longer judge them by how they're dressed or even the way they speak. But you will judge things after the spirit and you'll ask the Lord to show you how much bigger are they in the spirit. Thank you, holy, holy. Thank you, holy, holy. Thank you, holy, holy. Yeah, that sounds like a demonic cackle to me. How many of you, as you've been listening to tonight, you've been saying, God, I've seen aspects of you. I want want to receive that realm. I want to become a carrier of that realm. If you have a desire for that, I just want you yeah, to... Yeah, I, I need the berry realm, apparently, yeah. God, Whether you want to lie down or stand up, whatever it is that you're comfortable with, I want you just to begin to just ask him. Whatever is on your heart, I want this opportunity to be for you right now just to ask of him. Just to ask of him. <coughs> ask of him. Is there a man called Alan here tonight? Alan. Alan, won't you stand up? I just heard the Lord say, just love on Alan. Just some of you that are around him, won't you just put your hands on him? God, we just thank you that he is desired, that he is sought after, that Alan is not forgotten. That God, that you stretch out your hand to him tonight and you are affirming him. Father, I just thank you that he hears your voice like the voice of a father. That all he's ever wanted to hear, God, is well done, good and faithful servant. And Father, I just thank you that you look across his life and you see all the memorial stones of the beauty and the wonder that you have done in his life. I see the Lord literally going across your life, all the good memories. He's stepping on them like a stepping stone. And he said, you've let me walk through you, son. You've allowed me to walk through your life. You've allowed me to walk on the circumstances and on the situations of your soul. I feel like he's saying, thank you, son. Thank you for allowing me in and for letting me take you on into just greater, greater love and to greater encounters. And so, Lord, we just release the love of God and the realm of the pleasure of God to him. That Eden, The release of the love and the pleasure of God. Uh huh. Surround him, that Eden would grow around his soul, that he'd be so refreshed. I just thank you, Father, for Alan's refreshing tonight in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So continue just to reach out, just continue just to call out to him. 
Sheba, is that lady that, I don't know if it's your husband or your friend, is holding on to you? Why don't you come up quickly? If you can, come up quickly. Come, 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 come. It's so lovely when you see his hands dancing on people. Sometimes he, what he does in one will actually spill out to the others. Because he takes ripe fruit and he does that. He's, he squeezes ripe fruit and then he just splashes the rest of the people with it. And that's what I see you as. You're just this ripe fruit that God is energizing and God is going to use you as a spreader of good news. I just feel like the freshness. <laughs> God says you're a celebration. You are a display of freedom. <laughs> so God, I just thank you for greater creativity, greater life. Every person she encounters, I just feel like you're going to see miracles and life come onto people. Yeah, that girl looks like uh, she's convulsing uncontrollably. Doesn't look like anything to do with God, the Holy Spirit, to me. Miraculous signs and wonders. Miraculous signs and wonders. God says, check your hands often. Especially when you're talking to people. Check your hands. You're going to have oil. You're gonna, I see oil dripping out. You're going to have manifestations of oil. Shininess of God on you. <laughs> Creative. That's what the creative glory does. It creates things from inside your body and it comes out. And it's just so fun. Wow. Multi-gifted. God says you don't have the luxury of just being restricted to one thing, but you're multi-gifted. That we just bless that and we say greater capacity to embrace and celebrate it all. <laughs> celebrate it. You are celebrated. You are celebrated. Shikarama. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are like a Miriam. You're going to lead people right through into deliverance. Thank you, Jesus. Shiha, <laughs> saha. How many of you resonated with that word? Let that splash onto you. Take the fullness of it. Zoop it up to a new level. Yeah, they're zooping things up to new levels out there, yeah. I'll hold on as long as a person's drawing. <laughs> if a person wants more, I'm just like, whatever you want, just take it. <laughs> I feel like for some of you, you're going to say, just say goodbye to your old personality. <laughs> How many of you resonate with that? Just say goodbye. Just wave a goodbye. Just say, that's me, Lord. Wave a goodbye. Wave your old personality goodbye and just say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Welcome the free you. Welcome the shiny you. Come on. Boast about what he's done. You can go ahead and boast your beautiful, the glory of heaven all over you. <sighs> all over you. There was a gentleman that was kneeling here. You had a beard, and I think long hair. You were over here during the worship. I saw you and I was looking for you. I'm not sure where you've gone to, but you stood out to me during the worship. I'm not sure where you are now, but you came and you knelt. Yeah, you're quite tall. Down the back. Is that you, Nathaniel? Would you be okay with coming forward? Otherwise, I can give you this word after. You all right? You know, nobody has to do anything, really, because God is kind. He's powerful. He rattles your cage, but he's also extremely kind. Whoa, just your worship touched me. 
your tenderness before God touched me. And I feel like um, you, are, you are an exquisite sound today. You are an exquisite sound. I saw your heart, just a little bit of it. And it was like poetry. It was like God was saying, even when you don't say anything, you are poetry to me. And I just saw seasons of your life that you have gone through. And it's just woven a particular texture to your soul that he loves. And he moves through that. And he's going to move even more through that. In fact, I felt the Lord say, get, get ready for surprises. God's going to surprise you. In fact, I see you winning a competition soon. And um, I'm not into gambling necessarily, but I saw you winning a competition. I saw it. I told that to somebody once. It really happened. Just warning you. <laughs> Monty Cackle again. Redemption, 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 redemption. Ride the wild horses of heaven. Holy, holy Lamb of God. Holy, holy Lamb of God. Yeah, this is getting really creepy. Amanda, come and get some of that Baltic fire. (laughs) Just because you can. Ask for languages too. <laughs> Who's been asking for languages? Whether you're learning, stand up now, quick, 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 quick. Spirit of the living God. As people have asked for you, Lord, supernatural ability to learn languages and supernatural downloads of languages in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Fire. Fire for that. Fire, Lord. Yes, God. Supernatural. 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 Hebrew. <laughs> Supernatural Hebrew Wa Shuha Ruba Sikiria Mashekele Tiabrasati. Our little son talks in Latin. For goodness sake. For goodness sake. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's saying yet, but it's awesome. Supernatural, 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 supernatural. Fire, fire, fire of the living God. Fire of the living God. Fire, fire. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. When you receive it, expect to experience it. Start practicing it. Be prepared to be undignified. Everything that God gives you, you're going to have to practice. When angels visited me and gave me songs, I had to open my mouth and take a risk. I would never, ever have done it except that I had to do it. <laughs> the only way to do something is to actually do it. You'll ne- you'll, if you wonder what it's going to be like, that's all you'll ever do. You'll just be wonder. I want to be a sign. Come on, be a sign. Who wants signs? <laughs> fire, fire on you. Fire on you. Fire. Shuha. Rima shahaba la rima shikinde. Thank you, Jesus. God's going to take some people that are in pain right now, physical pain. I was in Cairns two weeks ago, and um, uh, just at the end of my preach, we're planning a church there, and 
I said, who's here is in extreme pain? And there was a woman who had been, I found out afterwards, she was in such pain that she almost hadn't made it through the service. She, was, she had a, something wrong with her back, and she couldn't sit still. She couldn't really make it, but she st stuck around. And I said to them, it was about a small group of 40 people. It's a brand-new church. It's 30 weeks old. And she came forward, and, and I said, well, everyone gather around and watch. And God's going to do something powerful. And he was very good. He just took her leg and shot her leg out, and her leg grew. She was completely set free from pain. Come on. And uh, she told everyone, ah, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. And, and uh, she hadn't been in church for years. She had been disillusioned. Her and her husband, her husband was a Qantas pilot. They just stopped going to church. They hadn't, they hadn't, they hadn't found life. And they found life. The following morning she came back. I said, uh, on the Sunday morning, how are you doing? She said, I'm 100% better, 100% better, no pain whatsoever, able to do things she couldn't do. And she said, and God snuck up on me. He's Jehovah Sneaky. And I, you know, I, had, a, I had another condition. It was a f female issue. And I got totally healed of that at the same time. Come on. So God's going to do things tonight. And I, I, I feel that, that God's going to heal people. Uh, the first thing I want to pray for, though, is people that are not saved. So if you just close your eyes for a second, if you've come here tonight and you've been brought by a friend or you've found your way in this place, God's love is here for you. All right. We're done with this. Yeah, the guy taking over apparently is from Glory City Church. I, I don't know what to explain. It is that we just heard. But none of that was actual Christian ministry. The people left there not knowing anything about God. If anything, they were deceived and led to believe things that are not true about God. And uh, Izzy did not minister to a single person there, and that was just a nonsensical show of utter nonsense, all masquerading and claiming to be a manifestation of God the Holy Spirit when it was anything but. So what do you think? I'd love to get your feedback if you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith. You can do so. My email address is talkback at fightingforthefaith.com, or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Christian. Follow me on Twitter, my name there, at Christian. Till tomorrow, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ's vicarious death on the cross for all of your sins.